You are listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. I'm excited about today's podcast. I have Knessa Molinay with me. She's the founder of Mulu and the Queens Football League. It's great to have you, Knessa, on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. So I, I, I'm, we're going to get into your story, which I'm fascinated by, obviously, an, an immigrant and a great, you know, a great story about that. But how do you get involved in the Queens Football League? Um, so actually everything I ever did started as a joke or some as something that someone challenged me to do. So the Queens Football League, I saw a video of women playing American football. For the record, I lived in Europe back then. I lived in Amsterdam and I saw women playing American football and I was like, what is this? This is so cool. I want to do this. And did some research on how I could get involved in American football. Uh, football and uh, I came to the conclusion that it was just there were male teams like there were teams for men but they weren't for women but I you know took my chance and I, I messaged the head coach I found him on Facebook and I was like hey listen I have this on my bucket list how can I get it off my bucket list and he said well you can come and play with the men and I said well that's not an option uh, so he he suggested suggested like if you can find girls who are just as passionate I can teach you the game and you can go from there um and I basically used the same video that got me excited I used that same video I posted on my Facebook asking like hey are there any other girls who want to do this with me I need 11 at least or 15 no 14 yeah. girls uh, so we can play seven versus seven and my inbox exploded like like there were women from all over the country, the Netherlands, um, you know, asking me, like, how can I get into this? And we did a trial, we did a clinic, one clinic that turned into a team that turned into a league. And before I knew it, I had like a serious operation going on. It's funny because the lot of your story is so true on that. There's so many times we start things and it's just kind of a curiosity, a challenge. But people that tend to be successful tend to things end up being 10 times greater than what an average person would have done. Like the average person would have joined a team, but no, 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 no. The, our personality types aren't like that. Like we, we just yeah. skip, yeah, we skip true. the nine that's rungs true. on the ladder. Yes, that's true. So let 11 players. So I'm assuming this is like, this is American style football or is this yes. soccer? Yes. Yes, no, soccer, I mean, soccer, the, Europe, it w would have been easy. I mean, they are playing soccer, women are playing soccer on like the, the, the highest level possible. Yeah, that's what I was trying um, to kind of American piece it together. Football, yeah, American football, it was so, it's so unknown. It still is till this day, you know, we, ha we have our own community, but it's very, you know, I think the, the average person, if you would ask the average person on the street, like, do you know American football? I think they know Tom Brady. That's how yeah, I Yeah, we have our few yeah. stars. And yeah, it's hard. Tom does represent <laughs> us well globally. <laughs> the, yes, he is definitely. the great ambassador of football. If you could ever have one, you can't go wrong with, with Tom Brady. Um, that, that, was a, that was a good one. Okay, so let's get into your entrepreneurship story. So I just want to, Ethiopia, 
and take me yeah. to where you're at now and encourage my audience that anything and everything is possible. So I was born in Ethiopia. Uh, my parents fled the country when I was three years old. I, uh, or we went to the Netherlands. That's where I lived for quite a long time. Um, I mean, I grew up there. So sometimes when people ask me like, do you feel Dutch or do you feel Ethiopian? I feel both. And it's not like an identity crisis or something. It's just that I got the best of both worlds. So I grew up in a traditional household, tra traditionally Ethiopian, let's say, but outside the house, it was all Western and it was Dutch. So um, I learned from both sides here. I recognize the good things. I recognize the not so good things from both ends. And for some reason, I don't know why people sometimes ask me, like, how did you know? But I really don't know. But uh, maybe it's because I'm the youngest, I always knew that there were better things, there were greater things than what I, what my parents taught me. I mean, they, they meant well, they did their best, they gave me everything they, uh, you know, they could, but I knew there was more. So I was already, you know, the exploring type. Um, and then, uh, you know, my parents told me like, okay, if you want to be that good, go and become a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. And I said, okay, I'll just, do whatever you say. I went to medical school and I hated it, but I just wanted to make my parents proud because they went through so much, you know, just for me. And I didn't want to disappoint them, but I didn't like it. I mean, I, I really came to the conclusion that if you want to be a doctor, you really have to, well, you have to at least care about the patients, you know? Yeah. So oh, that's too I, funny. I really, you have to like care about the patients. That yes. is, I could see myself saying something like that. It's like, I was doing it there for a while and I realized, well, I really wasn't, I really didn't like the patients. <laughs> but it was really like listening to their problems and then, you know, comforting them. It was not for me. I have yeah. so much respect for doctors, but it's just not for me. Um, and I, I also recognize that a lot of people do it for the title. It's a respected title and they just like to be called a doctor i think it's a certain status. oh there's no doubt that yeah. it's i always tell my people you know because i live in a very medical community and university. i said listen i could run the hospital like i have no doubt i can run the hospital that's how my brain works because i always yeah. look at their staffing issues and leadership issues it's it's always a staffing problem it's always a leadership problem yeah. it's yeah. you know whatever uh but yeah everybody yeah. has different you know different wirings but i like that because that it's like i I like when somebody, when I need to be empathetic, which I, that entire part of my body is missing. Cause when you're sharing a sad story with me, I'm just figuring out how to solve it. Like yes, my brain is yes, like, okay, medical. Okay. Where's the best treatment center for that? Where are they doing yes. test studies? Who's the best doctors in the world? Uh, yeah. You know, my brain oh, immediately is going to that. Like the fact that you're like not looking very well in front of me and might cry never crosses my mind <laughs> yes yes that's so recognizable but i must say you know I'm, I'm glad that i went through that simply because it does teach you a lot about your body and you know i'm still able to um my husband always tells me when i see go see a doctor he's like why are you actually going to a doctor because you already know you give them the answers yeah. so it does help you know um and it also helped me 
kickstart my entrepreneurial journey because it was during my internship where my professor told me like, okay, you have to solve something on on the you know on the work field, and uh, that was his his uh, that was my job at the at the time. It was for my thesis, and he said, find, just find an, a problem. Uh, that people deal with and try to find the proper solution. I said, okay. Um, and back then, I'm talking about 12 years ago, uh, it was really like a thing, like, you know, working from home was not an option, especially not in the medical field. And I noticed that most, most of the people working there were women. You know, the nurses were mostly women, uh, the secretaries, they were all women. And I just saw that they were struggling to make, you know, to balance it, to make the house, uh, the life at home work, but also make your career uh, or at least try to, to you know, build a yeah, career. It's an extremely demanding field. So I said, yes, it is. Um, and, you know, I said, especially the ones working, uh, you, you know, in Holland, we have these, um, it's called doctor's assistant, which is you're the assistant of the doctor, but you're mostly doing the, you know, the pick up the phone and just, it was not necessarily with the patients, but you helped every, the doctor basically just with paperwork. You're doing all the stuff he doesn't want to do. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, why don't you just work from home if your son is sick? Uh, or your dog is sick, or whatever it is, and they said it's not possible. And I was like, "Yes, that's it. That's my. That's the problem that I can solve." So I talked to um, everyone I could learn from in the medical field. I soon learned, also learned that you know how powerful some companies or some players are in the medical field uh, because it's easily it, it it was possible, but there were big players in the field that were blocking it. Um, you know, after some negotiation, I was able to pull it through. I came up with a solution where they could enter because the whole problem was entry, entering the, the medical documents from an, you know, from home, from a non-safe yeah, yeah, place. Non -safe. Yeah. So eventually I got it. Um, and I had to, you know, ask a lot of people for advice. And actually, my now husband, I met my now husband during this whole period of, you know, the, he, he's older than I am. And he was more, um, he's an accountant. So he told me how to talk, who to approach and how to approach. And it worked. Uh, I got in and um, I turned it into a company. And that company was sold to an insurance company. And that's my first, I was... 22 and that was my first time ever seeing money like a large amount of money it's i, I mean today i wouldn't call it large amount but as a 22 year old coming yeah. from humble backgrounds it was a lot and it's exciting i mean anytime you have your first exit it's, you're right it and anything at 22 looks substantial yes yes and i was just a student i mean i was living off like i think my income was 900 euros I had to pay my rent I was in a dorm but I had to pay everything because my parents weren't loaded or they yeah. weren't they didn't have the means to you know fund my lifestyle but my uh my, my dad is he he's a it's actually funny but he's a, a farmer's 
boy. He's always into farming and everything, but he went to school. He did economics and he's very smart with money. So when I got my money, that large amount of money, he was like, okay, hand it over to me and I will manage it for you. And he gave me half of it. He said, that's like, you can spend it on whatever you want, but the other half, we're going to have to do something smart with it. Yes. So, uh, and luckily, uh, I'm still grateful for that move because, you know, that, that one half, I spent it on a Porsche and I'm sure he watched me do that and thought, okay, this is the stupidest thing ever, but he let me make that mistake, the so-called mistake. Yeah. Because he told me, Knessa, it's not a recurring income. You're not able to afford that Porsche. And I said, I have enough money, you know, I can do whatever I want. And he's like, okay, go do it. And I bought my Porsche. Uh, I think it's uh, the, the, the same mistake a lot of new, you know, people with new money make. You're trying to brag. You're trying to show people. You try to reward you're so yourself. Cool. We justify it by, well, I deserve it. Right. Yes. I did. I did I a, you know, I did this it. incredible thing. Board. Exactly. <laughs> I still stand by it, but it wasn't a smart investment move because now what I have this Porsche, I couldn't afford it. And, um, you know, the, the, uh, what now? And then I had to sell it and I lost a lot of money on that whole process. So it was a learning moment, but luckily I had the other half and I started to rebuild, um, my, you know, well, let's say I started building new companies. And, and then the story is, so now what is the, mo what's the exciting thing in your life now? And that my audience can, you know, obviously they're incredible story. You go from Ethiopia to Europe, you have an exit at 22 years old. You, you know, you start a Queens football league. What What's the exciting thing in your life now? Entrepreneurial. So, um, well, the next thing after that was Queens Football League. And uh, um, I was back then, now I'm not anymore, but back then I was a plus size woman. I was actually a power lifter. It was never my goal to lose weight. It was actually to gain weight because I wanted to be a strong woman. And, you know, it was just uh, something I was obsessed with, but I couldn't find proper clothes. So I started making my own clothes since everything in, at least back then uh, in Europe, it was all up to size extra large and I was already extra large and I got pregnant I was gaining weight and I was like okay that's it I'm not going back to the gym in my husband's sweats sweatpants and um yeah I was on maternity leave and an entrepreneur a bored entrepreneur is just dangerous it costs Absolutely. a lot of money we're like we're like crackheads <laughs> yes yes and I I, I was bored uh, and they were like oh no you have to take it easy I saw every wall in my house at that point. I couldn't take it anymore. So I started designing some clothes for myself to go back to the gym to after I delivered the baby. Um, and, you know, I had some pieces made for myself, went back to the gym. So, and it was not your everyday legging. It was like really colorful because why not? And people started to notice and they were like, oh, where did you get this? I want it too. And that's how the ball started to roll and now I'm selling in over 10 countries and yeah it's became this brand and that brand is Mulo correct yes yes 
that that's the stuff. I knew the story, but I had to get you to the story. I I have my little cheat sheet here, and I'm like, that's <laughs> that is an. Inc- I mean, that's just an incredible story, and and it's so true. Like in both your situations, every business that I have started stem from a problem or something. I saw something lacking. Like I never just yeah. sat down and go, okay, I'm going to create this product or I'm going to create this. No, it was like, why isn't it? Why isn't this already created? Or why isn't somebody already doing it this way? Like it was always yeah. so, like something I personally encountered and then started yeah. asking questions about well, why isn't it being done this way or that way? And did you succeed with Exactly. That? And every situation like that has led to a, a really, really good business because I'm like, I'm an a- average person. Why am I running into this roadblock? Okay. And then I, yeah. I think I can think in a pretty common sense kind of way. Like, okay, this is not, I always say, this is not rocket science. Somebody should have thought of this before me. You know, it's, you know, like, yeah. why aren't we doing it this way and that way and making it easier or, or whatever the case may be. But, but the way that you discovered it, you know, like, you know, both situations, whether it was the medical with the women not being able to work from home and, or, you know, people that are, extra larger, larger, not having great athletic clothes, you know, it, in both situations, you like, you bump into that and you go, well, why not? And then your brain starts taking over and it's very dangerous yes. at that point. Yes. Yes. That, that is so true. That's exactly what happened uh, in my case as well. It, it's, and it's also easy to market it because you just tell them uh, exactly what you want to hear yourself what convinced you it's just translating into text and exactly that's it the personal story there's nothing more powerful than the personal story you know i did this because of whatever i mean when we hear the story of spanx you know where she's cutting off pantyhose okay we you know sarah blakely it's like okay i get it like it wasn't rocket scientist or it didn't take a rocket scientist but she was the first one to go okay yes you know there's been pantyhose around for a long time but I don't need them to go all the way down to there. I don't need my legs to look fake. You know, why don't I really, I just want the pantyhose to help me with this and that. And then a billion dollars, billion dollars later worked out. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, uh, I totally agree. That's how Mulu also actually started. And, uh, but it just spiraled, you know, it's just like people fell the Queens football league, just like the, the, well, the medical thing. Um, I mean, I got an offer pretty quick, but it just spiraled. So like, let's say out of control because I just wanted to make leggings for my outfit. Uh, sorry for my, uh, you know, workout. And today I have, I bought my manufacturing company. So I manufacture it all. I, I am in control of the whole process. Um, we actually help smaller brands, but also bigger brands uh, with setting up plus size collections um, I, we manufacture for them. And sometimes people ask me like, wow, how did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. It just, sometimes you're so appalled by everything, you know, coming at you and you just take every opportunity that you get, um, hoping that is, a, that it would, will, will be a good one. And I must be honest here, not every decision I make is a good one. I failed so many times. But we only remember so the win. We only remember the wins. I mean, that's how our brain, yeah, our brain, true. yeah, our brain focuses on the wins. But the other thing that, you know, again, like what you were saying is I think 
when we start something, we really don't want to know how this is going to play out because for every win, there was 10 losses. And if you'd have known all the losses, you'd have never tried it. So I think that we, like our brains say, I know we can do this, but I'm glad we don't see like everything that's going to take place in the five years after that decision. Because yes, most yes. people would quit and lose their minds. Well, I had a friend, I have friends that come to me when they have a business idea. So they would like, you know, to hear what I have to say about it. And one of my friends, he had one of the best ideas I've ever heard in the gaming industry. He wrote a whole business plan, which I don't believe in. Yeah, I was going to say, no, I don't either. It was a good idea in his case, I like but, simple okay, ones. I, yes. No, his, his business idea was 42 pages. And yeah. I said, I'm not going to do that. Just summarize it to me. And eventually my husband wrote, uh, was reading the whole, all his 24 pages and it was so good. The idea was so good. I, I told him, you have to start this right now. And um, it was like he wanted to start a gaming cafe, basically, where all the gamers came and they could play with each other or against each other. I'm, I'm not so familiar in the gaming yeah. industry, but it just sounded like a great idea. And then he was like, okay, let me put all the financial details on paper and I will get back to you. This guy came with like a whole list of problems that might occur in the whole process that might, might. I'm not talking I know. about I, I, actual, yeah. you know, and I got so depressed. It, I, you know, I was like, uh, you know, you have to try, you have to go, you have to go now or leave it. And, you know, just, uh, this guy has never started the business since then, or I know yes, it never succeeded. I started, I, I, but you're going to regret it. You have to do it. I told him and he eventually didn't do it. Someone else ran with the idea and became a multi-billionaire. Yeah. Because it, um, amazing story, but it's true. It's, it's action today is better than perfect action a year from now. Yes. Okay, in other words, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good action today will be perfect action a year from now, every time. Yes. It, and that's yes. the biggest problem that people don't understand there. You know, sometimes you got to play, there's a thing called momentum for whatever reason, your brain's on this, your brain's excited about it. Once you start and and I'm a pragmatic person and I go through the war game scenario, but I don't go into every conceivable. I'm kind of like, okay, how much is it going to cost for me to do this? How much can I sell it for or offer it for? How can I get buyer? Like my business plan, like yours, and I wrote the book, The World's Greatest Business Plan, but it is the simplest format in the world because I used to see those crazy business plans. And I'd be like, this is not meant to be a doctoral paper. Yeah. Yeah, and it's true. Turn it into. Yeah. Yeah, but every time I, I see the, the gaming cafes that the other guy opened, it just hurts me. It just hurts me deep. Because as an entrepreneur, um, it, it, you know, it just pains me. But he just responds like, oh, you know, it was just not meant to be. I'm like, are no. you kidding me? Because the other guy, investors were literally knocking on his door like, we have to get into this. Because he opened his first gaming cafe. I went there because it was so cool. Yeah. We could have done the same, but, you know... It's, and, it's, and the momentum was there, like you yeah. said. Once you get it going, and sometimes you got to get the heartbeat and then the rest starts figuring itself out. That's what I always tell people. Just get a heartbeat. I, you, it doesn't yeah. need to be a full-grown person at this point. 
just see if there, it's got some, you know, beta test it, you know, see if it works. And, yeah. and, but and do you think it's yeah. for everybody? I mean, I, I don't think if, if this entrepreneurial life is not for everyone. I mean, it's for the one, in, it's for the one in a hundred. It's for the one in a hundred at best. Yeah, because my dad, um, you know, he's good with numbers and all, but I uh, always tell him that you wouldn't survive this, the amount of stress. I, actually, I don't have any stress anymore, but in the beginning phase, it was just crazy. Right now, I learned to just relax and I'm like, oh, whatever. If it goes wrong, we'll see. If not, lucky me. But I, I just learned to actually live with that excitement and I, yeah I, I don't know i like it it's my adrenaline it's a challenge I, I you know i used to get stressed out and i'm in a situation right now that looks you know it's a little bit challenging one of the business things i have going on but i i just kind of write it down in my journal i'll write the date and i and i only write these at the very back because i don't want to see it every day and then i want to go back mm -hmm. and like read it like six months from now so i'll write this is the problem and this is kind of what could happen, you know, or whatever. And, but then I don't go back and look. That's it. That's the, the now yeah. it's game time. Now I'm going to figure out and the, all the days going forward are going to be solving it or getting it right. And then I always go back and look at it. It's never, thankfully, it's never anything close to what I thought it would be. And I end up solving it at a more productive than I ever thought it would be. Ended up working out better than I imagined it would be, I, you know, but that's how entrepreneurs are because we'll even frame it that way. Even if it doesn't turn out quite the way we want it, we will frame it in a way that, well, we learned this from it and I can use that later. And you know, yes. it's a mindset uh -huh. that we have. But is it, how do you deal with um, financial challenges, for example, because it doesn't always make sense, financial sense. Um, when you start a business or you always come at this, you know, there's this plateau where you're like, okay, I don't know if we can make this happen, but you feel like you have to go or push through. And I used to have that, that? pre 35. I had that now as you know, as you get to middle age, now my philosophy is I beta test everything at a, at a micro level, like the heartbeat idea that I gave you. I don't care how good I think my idea is. Mm -hmm. I want to charge, I want to, I'm going to try it at the base level, give myself predetect, you know, a predetermined outcome that I consider successful. Cause what ends up happening is we'll start something and then we'll water down our expectations. Like it's not as good yes. as we thought. So I write yeah. down, no, no, it needs to be doing this 90 days from now. Like the successful beta test is this, this, and this. If we yes. don't hit that emotion comes out of it and I shut it down. I don't, I don't run with okay. it. Because I, because the entrepreneur in us, which is partially narcissistic and, and hubris and every other mistake you can have personality type, we think we can resurrect anything. We can fix anything. We can improve anything. You, I mean, we, we have a tendency to, to drag something longer than we should because we think we can fix it. And I have just learned, no, start it at a micro level, see if it meets the, the mathematical you know that you because business is nothing but a math equation numbers either favor what you're doing or they don't numbers either yeah. work or they don't and i'm like okay here are the numbers they're not near as good as i thought they should be either it was costing me too much to do it that i thought wouldn't cost me that much the cost to acquire a customer was more than i ever imagined 
customers aren't spending yep. what I thought, whatever. One of the key metrics that I determined in advance, now looking at it 90 days later, or six months later, aren't anywhere close to that. And I'm, it, you yeah. know, some you can tweak. Okay. I got, I got that. But where you're looking at, it, you're like, wow, no, this is way too much. The operations are way too expensive. You know, this is, this is much, this, had I known this in the beginning, I wouldn't have done it. That that's the, you know, what I got. The data says, knowing this now, what I'm staring at, this is not as great an idea as I thought. So if I just try to make it work, it's typically ego. Cause I don't want it to fail, yeah. but now I, I got no problem packing something up. Yeah. That, that means you're, um, you know, you have your experience and you know how to control your emotions because I was like that in the beginning too. Oh, I have a new idea and it's so cool. We're going to make it happen, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm super, I'm still at like super useless when it comes to controlling money, because if I wouldn't have my dad or my husband, I would probably run out of money in no time because it's uh well not today no but earlier i was just so like you know because we think impulsive. we can just make it we think we can make yeah. it like once you make it once you think you can make it like water well that's cool you know we but can there's a lot of stories no. out there of a lot of broke people so i'm a firm believer in man protect money like oxygen yes yes but that's a talent on its own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that and being married to an accountant is very, very good for you. I love this interview. I have Kinesa uh, with me. She, uh, Kinesa Milane. She is the founder of Mulu and Queens Football League. And you've had a the opportunity to listen to an amazing conversation with two entrepreneurs just bantering about. It's so great to have you on the podcast. How can my audience connect with you? So I'm most active on uh, Instagram. Um, these days I, because my operations are all running and I don't have any plans on starting a new business anytime soon. So I dedicate my time on teaching, um, because I feel like sometimes I'm, I've been so lucky. I feel like I have to share my luck. I do that mostly on Instagram. Um, so you can follow me there, Kanessa Mulune, uh, or on TikTok. It started as educational on TikTok, but then soon you get distracted with all these dance videos and, you know, my kids love to do these. So you will find me, you know, doing some dance moves here and there, but I still dedicate most of my time on sharing my story or sharing, you know, some knowledge that I have. I have on LinkedIn. Um, I have a group called Founders Mentality where I share business ideas for people uh, or two people, for people in Africa, actually, mostly. Um, so you can find me anywhere with my name, Kanessa Mulune, uh, and feel free to ask or connect with me. I usually always reply when I see the message. So great. Uh, Vincent, my producer, will make sure all that is in the show notes. I want to, again, thank you so much. Audience, thank you for listening. Uh, we went a little long today because it was good and it was fun and it was just like two people just drinking coffee, bantering. And so we do that when that happens. We do. <laughs> That's what we do. The podcast is brought to you by Gig Strategic, just the best digital marketing company for small businesses. They're incredible. Uh, so reach out to Gig Strategic. Again, thank you for listening. We will talk again soon.